Attention, this is not legal advice. If you are experiencing a legal emergency, contact an attorney or your local public defender's office. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of Gin and Justice. about justice hey i'm justine and i'm amanda we are here for another legal brief and amanda this week we are going to talk about we are going to talk about psis which are pre-sentencing investigations yes and we're also going to talk about sentencing so in the legal world when somebody has either been convicted or pled guilty to a crime oftentimes the judge will order what's called a pre-sentence investigation. And most times when it's ordered, it's when it's somebody's first offense. Or when it's a very serious offense. Like the trial we all just witnessed. Right. And that was also his first offense, too. Right. So, Amanda, you want to tell them what trial we're talking about? That would be the Derek Chauvin trial. Right. And we did get a guilty verdict on that. And the judge had ordered what's called a pre-sentence investigation. And a lot of people were confused about why he wasn't just sentenced, don't understand how that really works, so we wanted to talk about it. Right. So what goes into a PSI? When a judge orders a PSI or a pre-sentence investigation, what happens is usually somebody with the probation department or the Department of Corrections, whether that's federally or in the state, will go and gather the history of the offender They will gather the social history kind of about their upbringing. They will talk to family members. They will interview if there's victims of the crime or victims' family members. They will interview them. They will kind of gather all of the facts that were surrounding the actual criminal offense. They will gather the educational history, the, you know, whether someone's done something good for the community, whether they've been in the military, whether they're a veteran. They will gather oftentimes information about mental health, mental illness, and they will see whether the offender is remorseful. They will interview the actual offender and they'll put all of that together and they will make a recommendation to the court on what they think the appropriate sentence is. So that doesn't mean that that is what the judge will sentence that person to, but it does kind of give them a summary of the offender and everything that relates to the criminal activity, also to their likelihood to reoffend, kind of things like that. If there's any mitigating factors, which are factors that are helpful to the defendant to mitigate or lessen the um, punishment at all, mm-hmm. or lessen culpability in some type of way. And I really see the PSI coming. It's going to have a lot to do with how this man is sentenced, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and the other thing that we've talked about a couple times on this show that goes into a sentencing is what's called a score sheet. Not every state has them. And so I'm just specifically speaking about federally and also in Florida, we have score sheets as well. And what that is, is the legislator has decided that they will kind of associate a bunch of points to different factors, put them together, and it will compute out to a score. It's basically like a mathematical equation. Right. Based on your life. Yes. Your criminal offenses Mm -hmm. or 
And so oftentimes what goes into a score sheet, and I'm talking specifically here in Florida, and so obviously it's a little bit different in every jurisdiction. But here in Florida, they will have whatever the offense is that you're charged with or that you've, that you've pled to or that you've been convicted of. That's called a primary offense. That's what you're there for. There are a certain amount of points associated with each offense. So every offense is assigned a level and each level has a certain amount of points. If you also have additional offenses or crimes that went along with that, there are also points that are associated with those. So... As far as the initial points, the highest scoring offense is going to be at the top of the score sheet. That's going to be your initial number. If you have additional offenses that are lesser level offenses, um, those are going to be underneath it. Those are also associated with a certain amount of points. They will also take into account things like victim injury. Your prior record will have a certain amount of points depending on what your prior record looks like. If there are any type of legal status violations. So if you're also on probation, you're going to get points for that. If this is a new felony while you're on probation, you're going to get extra points for that. If there's any type of enhancements, like if there was a firearm used, if it was uh, domestic violence in front of a child, if there was, you know, certain factors that are enhancement factors, those will also get factored in. At the end, here in Florida specifically, what the score sheet says is if you are above 44 points, that means you score mandatory prison. And they take a little calculation, they take those points, there's some multiplication, there's some division, I'm not even going to go into the formula because it really doesn't matter. What they do is they calculate that number and it equates to a number of months, that is your minimum. And so when you are in front of a judge, if you are, and this is again, this is Florida specifically, if you're in front of a judge and you're above 44 points, that judge has no choice but to sentence you to at least what you score out to, anything up to the whatever the maximum for your charge is. So if you're charged with a secondary felony, your maximum is 15 years. So it can be anything from what you score, say you score 18 months uh, based on your score sheet. You, the judge can sentence you anything from 18 months to 15 years. Now, obviously, there are some other enhancements that, you know, Amanda, you and I deal with a lot. There is what's called prison releasee reoffender. That's a certain enhancement. PRR. Yes, PRR as we call it. That's a certain enhancement um, that makes things really difficult on the defense side. So basically what that is, is if you get out of prison and within three years you commit a certain offense and it's a, there's a certain list of offenses that it has to be and you commit one of those offenses, you are now prison releasee reoffender. Your category is that. And when you are sentenced, unless the state attorney waives that PRR, you have to be sentenced to your maximum sentence and you have to serve day for day. You do not get any gain time. So wild. Right. So, for instance, if you're charged with burglary of a dwelling, and I'll give you an example. Gentleman just got released from prison, I don't know, we'll say two years ago. And he goes onto a porch, steals a flower pot somebody's in the home he doesn't realize that and i don't know why he'd be stealing a flower pot but it's on the porch so it's in the curtilage of the home that's burglary of an occupied dwelling that is in one of the lists of um, prr offenses and so if that man pleads to that or goes to trial and loses he will be sentenced to 15 years day for day because he is prr prison release he reoffender i think a lot of people don't realize 
you could accidentally be committing a crime. You know, it's it's something simple like that that you would think, oh, I, I, I stole a flower pot. It's a petty theft at best. And no, it's a very serious felony. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. People hear burglary of an occupied dwelling and they automatically think of a home invasion. Right. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, again, that we've talked about many times on the show that that's the legislator kind of jumping in, mandating these certain sentencing enhancements. There's also one called habitual felony offender. That one's actually really easy to be categorized as. So it's if you have a certain number of felonies and one at least one of them is not a drug-related crime. And when I say drug-related, I mean possession or something. But it can be a crime that you're committing because you have an addiction and you're maybe stealing to support your habit. So you can be a habitual felony offender. And what that does is that sentencing, if you have that enhancement, that doubles your exposure. So again, we'll go back to this flower pot incident. Say that guy is also a habitual felony offender his sentence can double. So when he goes to sentencing, first of all, he has to get the first 15 years because it's PRR day for day. But the judge can also sentence him up to 30 years because he's a habitual felony offender. And that doubles your maximum exposure time. So these are all kind of sentencing enhancements that go along with the score sheet. And I just have to say it again. That would mean that this guy that steals the flower pot because he's PRR and HFO could go to prison for 30 years for... Stealing a flower pot off of somebody's porch. Right, right. And it could be just mindless dumb stuff um, that, you know, if you're out. And the other thing, too, is maybe this gentleman's mentally ill. He just. But that's not a defense. It can come into the sentencing. But unfortunately, once you hit those, those two specific sentencing enhancements are really tough. There's actually a prosecutor I have in mind. I would love to be able to interview her. She actually deals with those specific crimes. So we'll try to get her on a future episode. But, you know, once you hit those certain sentencing enhancements, you're really at the mercy of the state attorney again. So it's a lot um, of power. (laughs) Right. And so anyway, so when a judge is at sentencing, they're taking into account the PSI, the pre-sentence investigation, which gives the offender social history. Oftentimes, the defense attorney will, in bigger cases, want to bring in mental health experts, addiction experts, family members, and kind of testify on the defendant's behalf to try to present a picture of the defendant and try to mitigate and lessen what the sentence is going to be. They want to present that they are uh, essentially savable, that they're going to get out and they're going to be rehabilitated and be able to be successful in society. Now, unfortunately, what happens oftentimes is when you think about what goes into a pre-sentence investigation – If you don't have education, if you don't have a college degree, those are big fat zeros in the PSI report. So if you come from a family that maybe nobody graduated high school and um, you're on maybe social assistance, something along those lines, and you don't have a college degree because that's just not how you were brought up, that counts against you in the in the pre-sentence investigation. I mean, there's no points assist in the pre-sentence investigation. That's different than a score sheet. But... That still counts against you because it looks like, oh, well, this person's not doing anything with their life. Right. So it doesn't really matter if we sentence them to, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. So those are kind of all of the things that get taken into account at sentencing. You have the PSI, you have the um, score sheet. If there's any sentencing enhancements, those will be presented. And also if, you, if the defense has any experts or family members that want to testify, the judge takes all that into account and then they sentence accordingly. So. A lot of information. Yeah, so (laughs) 
We hope you enjoyed this week's legal brief. And as always, if you have any questions or you want us to cover a specific legal topic, my email is justine at ginandjusticepodcast.com. And mine's amanda at ginandjusticepodcast.com. Thank you. All editing for Gin and Justice done by Gin and Justice Podcast. Artwork by Justin Cardone. Photography by Kimber Schwakey. We'll see you next time on Gin and Justice.